0: You go back a number of years ago the word change is probably a shiver down people's back change is now normal mm. and if you look at the amount of change it has been achieved it's incredible so we know of a, a willing team who are very happy to keep challenging ourselves and, and really if it's right today it won't be right in 12 months time
1: the architects of business on joe in partnership with ey entrepreneur of the year telling the inspirational stories behind ireland's most successful entrepreneurs Hello and welcome back to the Architects of Business on Joe, made in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year, where you will hear the inspirational stories of some of Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Sonia Lennon, and in this episode, I'll be speaking with Jim Barry, Managing Director of the Barry Group. The company was founded in 1955 by Jim's father, and it has grown rapidly to become one of the leading wholesale groups in Ireland, trading nationally and internationally. Jim, thank you so much for joining me here in Architects of Business in Joe. I love your story. I love the story of total immersion. So Barry Group was started by your father in 1955. Is it fair to say it's all you've ever known?
0: Uh, It's the only job I've ever worked in, Um, while I would have got involved. That's a good
1: batting average, right? Yeah, (laughs) I'm
0: not not, not fired yet. Uh, I'd have got involved in different organisations and different groups, but as a job, it's just the only job I've done. So I've worked at one company so far, I'm not sure how good or bad that is, but yeah.
1: So using, and I'm going to be very careful about this, using the age at which you started in the business, how many years have you been in the business?
0: And I can remember certainly at 9 or 10 getting an order um, on Friday evenings from a lady who lived next to our house in Banthier. Um, I used to serve Mass on Friday evenings. I used to call into her after Mass, get an order. I used to work with my dad on Saturdays because we were living in Banthier, I was working in Mallow. And I remember we used to get our order. Then when we came home on Saturday evening after work, I'd bring the order in to her and I'd get paid. So at a very young age. Nine or 10. Nine or 10, that's of what it would have been. Um, that's probably in the way for a lot of the time. But, you know, it was, you know, I think it's important that if you can communicate with people at a young age, it stands to you long-term. So I was always able to communicate with people and get on with people. Hold so your own. From the, the lady's name was May Karen, I yes, I remember her well, who was a family friend at the time, so it was probably an easy entry. But I, I do remember that. Amazing. So yeah.
1: it's probably worth telling our audience, uh, in a nutshell, what Barry Group does. Uh,
0: we're in the wholesale distribution business, and there are probably four main elements to our business. Uh, the biggest one, uh, we, we provide retail solutions for, for retailers. And in that, we've got three simple offerings. One's called Cost Cutter, which is a convenience store offering. Then there's a second one called Quick Pick, which is a convenience offering for smaller stores. And the third one is Carryout, which is an off license franchise. So the three of those would make up quite a chunk of our business. So, But we see ourselves providing an overall retail solution for them, which is it's good because ultimately we've about... 260 customers where we get an order every week. So from a supply chain perspective, it's very good for us. And we're in pretty good control of our customers. The second element would be a general wholesale business where we would supply other wholesalers, large retailers, independent retailers, uh, the third element of sales would be export. We export about 20 million a year. And the fourth element is our logistics. We've taken that out separately, because that's a really important part of our business and something that's very important to us. Uh, it's a point of difference. A lot of our competitors outsource their logistics. We do it ourselves and we believe it's one of the point of differences we have with our customers.
1: Amazing. And so the, the export uh, market, are you you're mm. exporting Irish goods abroad?
0: Uh, international international brands mainly.
1: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And can I ask you then, when did that retail solution piece come into play?
0: That came in in nineteen ninety six. Would you believe at the very start, the the business was changing. We used at that stage supply predominantly independent retailers, and the, the retail simple groups were starting to come in more and more. So at that stage, we decided to form our own one, which was QuickPick. because was the first one we did, QuickPick. Uh, and, and that has worked quite well for us over the years. Even the market has changed. So we brought Costco in, which would be a higher element. But we st- that was our own creation uh, as it was in 1999. And a well, quick early.
1: pick, is there a, a sort of a regionality about uh, um, the brand? It's
0: probably stronger in Munster yeah. because uh, we would probably be been a more regional wholesaler back then. And it was probably at that stage, we were kind of more breaking into a bigger national uh, scene. So predominantly, monster of quick people, Cascooter and Carrier would be wearing national brands.
1: Fantastic. So let's go back a little bit. So you're nine or ten. You're you're fulfilling orders to May at that stage, yeah. and your uh, your your blood is running with uh, Barry Group DNA at this stage. So when you went to school and and after you went to school, what was the vista?
0: Um, well, the. I was always going to join the, the business from a young age. No
1: doubt, that no was doubt, always happening. That
0: was always happening, it was kind of a, an, unwritten, an unwritten rule between my dad and myself and my mum. And um, that was always going to happen. Um, probably, I love what I was doing when I was maybe 13 or 14, I was out doing relief sales um, because my dad started off in the fruit and veg business. And um, when guys go out on holidays, obviously someone had to cover. So at about 13, 14 years of age, I was the, I was the relief sales guy, not driving the truck. There's a guy who used to drive the truck. So that would be illegal after all. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so it probably became apparent that that was just the right thing. And I probably had the right skills for it. And, and my parents could see it as well. So it was probably a natural flow for me.
1: And it was discussed or it was
0: undiscussed? Uh, it was understood properly.
1: Okay. <laughs> Okay, understood, like a cabal.
0: Understood all <laughs> round. Understood all round. Yeah.
1: So, did you go straight from secondary
0: into the business? Then? I did, yeah. Straight okay. in, yeah. And th- that was that was always my plan. Yeah. And I, I suppose in one sense, if I had had different plans, I probably have gone a different direction first. But I was always clear in my head that that's what I wanted to do. Now, I probably wasn't the brightest student in school. Um, I was more interested in the business and working part-time Do you know, and doing it's, all it's, those it's, things. It's,
1: it's funny, I say to my 14-year-old yeah. twins, I say to them all the time, there are many different types of intelligence. You know, yeah. there's academic intelligence. And I think I think a, a lot of the entrepreneurs who've sat exactly where you're sitting now have, have avoided um, formal education I, I, at a I, higher level.
0: I would say in hindsight, I probably was a bit dyslexic, which would not have been... And you wouldn't
1: be the first one which, to say that either. <laughs> which
0: would not have been the diagnosed back then. Yeah. That's... What I reckon this did. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. it's funny. It's yeah. funny.
0: There's, uh, so it's a different type. Um, I probably learned more when I was out selling at 13, 14 years of age to retailers about life and business than what I would have been learning in school because that's what sort of me. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. So you, obviously, in in that arena, you're still hungry to learn and hungry to to know more, regardless of the lack of of further education. Well,
0: uh, I educate myself in a different way. Um, I would make a point of going to maybe eight or ten conferences every year. Um, The Ernest Young CEO retreat was one big part of my learning in recent years. But I make a point of, it's a different form of learning, but every time I go to a conference, I take really good notes. And um, when, I, when I go back home, then I kind of divide the notes in various subsections. And what I try and do is bring in what I can, what I've learned in a previous session to, to the business. So I'm continually learning. You're always learning, but it's just probably in a slightly different way. And I'm selective in who I go, what, what conferences I go to or who I want to speak. The Pendulum Summit now would have been quite good over the years. There's been good speakers there. And, you know, the, you know just that's probably my way of how I develop myself and how I probably keep myself sharp.
1: And who stands out to you, then, of, of all the conferences and all the speakers that you've heard? Who resonated with you?
0: Um, a number of the speakers in the EY CEO Retreat uh, probably would have, and qu- there's been so many we've been to. It's incredible. Um, probably one of the biggest and this ones.
1: is People probably don't know about this. So as a member of the alumni,
0: yeah. um, there is an annual conference. There's an annual CEO Retreat. Uh, and it's very much about uh, executive education and development. Uh, and because of the context that EY would have internationally, uh, we get doors of incredible companies and learning organisations get open to us. And it is just stuff you could not get on your own. Um, like when you're out in Silicon Valley, you we've been in Facebook, we've been HubSpot, uh, we've been in Google head offices, Silicon Valley Bank, just... Place you could never dream of getting to. Uh, and then the speakers come in, mm. you learn about their business, you, you learn about their culture. So you're continually um, upgrading your own skills where you are in your head. Uh, it's funny, um, the guys in my team <laughs> never look forward to me coming back from one of the EY retreats because I just come back with so much new stuff. Uh, no, fizzy I'll, with new energy. Uh, the, yes, uh, but now what I try and do is I'm trying to be controlled at how I implement it. So I don't try and do it all the next week, and we try and work it in maybe over the next twelve months. So I,
1: how, what tangible results, I suppose, um, have you seen? What cha- like the, fundamental changes have you seen to your business? The biggest
0: was myself, um, and I think it was. It was the, the, we were in Notre Dame University, which we were for three days as part of the trip. I know some fantastic speakers, and that's probably when I really looked at myself as a leader and I challenged myself. And being honest, a lot of, okay, I don't like to refer to myself as an entrepreneur, but if I was an entrepreneur, they're highly flawed flawed individuals in my opinion. Loads of ideas, great energy, but let a load behind after them. So I looked at myself on that trip actually, and I changed myself hugely after that trip. I got a lot more organized. I got, um, that was probably the biggest thing Getting myself personally organised. Fit for purpose. A lot of entrepreneurs are not organised. They have a load going on, they forget a lot, but I kind of created my own personal system that I'm still operating today, and th- that was probably the biggest change. And what year was that? That was 2011 or 12, one of the other matches, it's back around then.
1: So that's pretty seismic.
0: And it's huge. It's the biggest thing for me. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that they aren't organized. But it's when you start looking at yourself. So I really look at myself and challenge myself hard. Uh, and that's probably rubbed off in our team. Then, and our team, because when I bring that back, then the guys are getting more used to that kind of thinking. So I would hope that not alone am I up in my bar, but our whole team are, are coming with me on the journey. And I have willing volunteers, so I'm very lucky Good. In, our, in, our, in our team.
1: But isn't it, isn't it the case that when you are gifted with that awareness, you can't be, become unaware of it? So, so you're, once, once that penny drops that something has to change, the first step is that awareness piece. And, 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 you know, we're exposed to things that enlighten us. How amazing.
0: It was probably the biggest thing for me. And lots of things have happened over the years. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, but, and it is kind of, it is growing every year. Uh, at the moment now, um, we have a, I have a new theory, uh, which um, often CEOs bring in outside trainers and partners for training development. I actually think that's the wrong thing to do. Uh, what we're doing at the minute, and it's really a trial, and I've shared this idea with some other people, we're developing our own workshop series. And I think actually it is the job of the CEO to get that message himself out to all the senior management team in our business, at the minute we have 31 people who manage people, we have a workshop program on of, of 10 modules that two or three of my colleagues and myself have developed, and I'm delivering it. So I'm giving the message directly to everybody who manages anybody face to face, face, to, face uh, to everybody in our team. And I think that's going to really get the message given clearer, more direct, because often you give a message to a small number of people. And it gets diluted. Some people might not hear the whole message. Or misunderstood. And and by the time everybody hears it, it gets diluted. So I'm really happy now that we're halfway through our our programme. And I'm really happy that everybody who manages people in our company have heard the message exactly right. And we've also, we've actually recorded it. So if someone needs a reminding, we have a recording of it. Uh, so, it's just something different. So, uh, and so what are the, I think what are it'll make, uh, I, I actually think it'll just give us, you're always striving to get edge. And the more effective that we are as a team, now, team is really important to me, but the more effective we are as a team. But part of that is communicating to the team, but it's really hard to communicate to, to as many people as you would like. So, this is probably figuring out how we get the message to all our managers of people for me that's the first step now They are now we're going to do a version of that message to all their people so we're hoping that by end of august that everybody in the team will have got the message which is uh, it's different for us. It's something we're trying out but I do think it'll it'll just make us that bit better it'll like we're some of the subjects we are uh, that are, that we're covering it's customer uh, team um, the, the, the next modules now are management, I've divided management into three modules. Leadership is a module. Self was actually a tricky module, which we did, and I deliberately did Self as a module. Company Ask is a module. Change is a module. And there's one other that I'm forgetting mm. now. So I think that they're the subjects that I want to talk about. But I'm now satisfied as a leader that all the people are hearing it, and not alone the management team. The management team now are giving this message. Rather than bringing in outside trainers, and I've, I've, it's not that I have a problem with outside trainers, but they can know the culture of your company. Mm. Only you can know the culture. So that, that, that'll be interesting in 12 months' time to see has this moved to the dial for us, has it made us more effective, or has it made us more efficient?
1: What I love about that, I mean, there's a couple of things going on there. You're effectively um, writing the tablet of Barry Group and saying this is who we are for everybody to 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 know internally. Um, but you're also um, extending what you what you the work you did to yourself in terms of organizing your own thinking and your own processes beyond it's almost like the next step
0: well it's how you bring it to life uh, and that's really important and i think i've learned quite a lot i think it's important that it is shared but it needs to be shared in a consistent basis with as many as possible so for me rather than say our we have an executive team and then we have a management team but I'm going broader than that now, and I think by going broader, I think it's the right thing to do. Now, it's a lot more work, but I think it's the right thing to do. But when it comes to culture and mindset, they need to be wrote down. They need to be, and we are clear, you know, we've a, a good culture and a great place to work. we we were involved in that for a number of years. Uh, we're, in, we're part of the life's best manager, excellence through people. So we're, we're very strong in the team, please, please. but we continually challenge ourselves. But, part of that I think to be successful is to write these things out and and get a level of clarity get get it clear and then people understand and often what happens in businesses the, the the CEO might have it up here and and it's not communicated greatly and then people are not doing the right thing so I think because they don't know communication and the clarity of communication I think are so important and the chances then of doing a better job for our customers it rises absolutely so it's basic logic it's not If you know It's it's not rocket science. And and, and we try and keep things simple. We try and keep the message as simple as we can.
1: Jim, this is fascinating stuff. We are going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into culture, into legacy and into future proofing. Okay. Thank you. The Architects of Business on Joe, In partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Jim, we were talking about the culture of Barry Group and you have been at the helm of the company for almost two decades now. How, how would you describe the culture?
0: Well, what we're setting out to achieve is what I would call a high performance, positive team environment. And that probably comes from sport originally. I played a lot of rugby when I was younger and I always saw similarities between sport and business. So I played senior rugby and junior rugby and I noticed the difference that in senior rugby, you had one job to do when you focused on that. And in junior rugby, you, you were kind of covering other people's roles. Yeah. So I think a big part of this is by getting the whole performance culture right, it's very much about ensuring have people on the team carrying their function out to the standard required, but focusing on that and not getting too worried about other people on the team. And the, the ingredient to that is trust. When you get trust built up and people trust each other, they can then focus on that one job. And the outcome is normally much better service for the customers.
1: Amazing. Because it is about the customer at the end of the day. It
0: is all about the customer. Well, funny, our philosophy is that, this sounds a bit corny, but I Go say, for it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I love our customer and our team equally, because I genuinely believe that unless you have the team fully engaged and perform at a high standard, the customer won't get the service. So I'm not a believer of customer first. I think it is both. They feed each other. I think I think they're both critical.
1: So how, how would you, <clears throat> because obviously a huge amount has happened and there's, uh, you know, any business that isn't changing rapidly is dying really, and, and it's obvious that your business is, is in constant iteration. Um, how, how would you describe uh, your mark on the business over the last two decades?
0: Um, it's probably, um, I think, a sense of team. It's really important to me, uh, which that obviously includes the, the management and, and, and leadership team. But uh, I genuinely have tried to build uh, this high performance, positive team environment. And um, I think we've done it better than most. I think we have a very high level of trust in the business and it's easy to say that and, and I'd be honest, what we wanted to do was, I think going back maybe to 2010 or eleven we wanted to, we felt we had a great working environment but we wanted to test it and that's why we got involved in the Great Place to Work Institute and we, we, and we were involved for a number of years but we did very well in that from a trust perspective. Um,
1: that ha, must feel so good well, ha, it, from the get go when started that even process. Even better than
0: that, I was voted the most trusted leader in one of the years, and that actually comes from your team. Which, you know, sometimes you pretend, you you, you, you everything is great, uh, but again, we wanted to test it, and and there's always challenges. But we wanted to really see is the is our team as good as what we think it is, or is our environment as good? Uh, and likewise, then, those other the excellence through people and European business awards. We've done other awards purely to challenge ourselves to see kind of are we at the mark? And it's probably a way of benchmarking yourself to see are you performing to a very high standard? Because what we try and do is, I think, create, we are a family business. And what we're trying to do is run a family business to corporate standards. So we're continually kind of measuring what well, are we measuring up and are we getting there? So
1: is our family status tripping us up nearly? Well,
0: well, well funny, uh, I think it's it's important. Uh, it's very important to me. Um, my dad and mom started a business off day one. All my siblings at one point time were in the business. Uh, my wife does project work for us. My three kids have worked part time. Um, my daughter Holly is now working in the business. So it's an authentic family business. Um, some people try and pretend they're family businesses but you know there's not family working in the business and on top of that we have a lot of long term team members who we'd see yeah. as part of the extended family so we're a genuine family business but and, and that's great but a lot of family businesses then don't operate to kind of a high corporate standard so what we're trying to do is keep the family touch keep the family eaters but operate to a high corporate standard and it's something I suppose that's the real thing that we've been trying to do for the last 20 years is to get to that, the balance of both.
1: And so being kind of in this bracket of your father who started the business Mm. and, you know, possibly or not, the next generation, is there um, an added responsibility on you then in terms of the legacy that you leave?
0: Uh, I don't see it as a a responsibility, but obviously what I would like to do is hand over something much better than what I received. I think that that would be important. But uh, I, I don't feel any pressure. I, I just, you know, we, we set out to do a good job every day for our customers, uh, to have our team comfortable, um, engaged. So uh, that that doesn't cause me a bother, really. Amazing. No.
1: So what, what, uh, what is the sort of R&D and the future Proofing element of your business because you know you are in high growth. Um, you're doing it, but that means constant change and iteration.
0: I think that's the actual the solution. Constant change. Um, I'm continually looking at how we can do things better, <coughs> how we can embrace technology more. And um, and to be fair, my team come along with me. Um, if you go back a number of years ago, the word change is probably a shiver down on people's back. Change is now normal. Mm. And if you look at the amount of change that has been achieved, it's incredible. So we know of a, a willing team who are very happy to keep challenging ourselves. And, and really, if it's right today, it won't be right in 12 months' time. Mm. And, and that is the, a mindset that a lot of companies have now. And we're, we're in a very advanced retail environment in Ireland. Uh, the standard of retail in Ireland is, is world class and the field coming from all over the world to Ireland. So we're in an environment where the bar is very high. So if you want to play in that game, you really have to be sharp and, and ahead of the game. So that suits us, that suits but us. But you are also
1: um, an international player. So there there's a, a big B word coming down the tracks. Um, we wouldn't be a business show if we didn't address that in some way. Yeah. Wh- what impact is that likely to have on you? I mean, I know nobody knows what's actually going to happen, but uh, I I presume you must be scenario planning uh, at this stage.
0: Well, uh, we're we're trying to use it as a motivating tool, if I'm very honest. Um, We are looking at all that we do, and we're putting ourselves under pressure to improve our current processes in order to be able to take a hit if a hit comes. So we're challenging our sales process in our simple business. We're challenging our sales process in our in our general wholesale business. And and we've come with a lot of improvements purely because we're probably being urgent. We're not taking this kind of lethargic and see what will happen when it happens. And I'm taking the view that there's going to be a hit. So let's get ahead of the hit.
1: And what percentage <coughs> of your business is into the UK then?
0: it uh, to be 7-8%. Yeah. It's not a huge percentage. Uh, but still, you know, you, you, you don't want to go backwards. But uh, I actually think... Uh, opportunity will come from this. I really think it will. In what way? Well, you know, there'll be products could be imported from Europe, maybe as opposed to England. There's always opportunities if you sniff them out. Never uh, waste a good crisis. W- well, um, look, there's been loads of challenges over the years. You go back to the like the 90s when interest rates were in 20 percent. Of uh, the 80s and 90s, there, there's been continual challenge over the years. So this that is must not, have
1: been a tough time for your
0: business. <coughs> it was, yeah. It was, yeah. It was, uh, but but like. Most businesses that are around for the length of our business have seen a number of turbulent periods over the years. Uh, and you probably end up better after the period once you get through it, uh, because you're forced to probably get to a higher level and run a better business. So I'd be looking at this uh, as opportunity, that we will ultimately be running a better business once we're over the challenge. But I do think it's a silly challenge we're in the up with, but we won't go there.
1: <laughs> because a lot of your um. Profit rise is around streamlining as opposed to greater sales. Am I right?
0: No, 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 at the minute we' we're, we're, we're trying to to, to drive sales, uh, it's very hard to get margin up because it's a very competitive business, but we are looking at at our processes and systems. Um, like I had a conversation with one of my logistics guys coming up in the car this morning. We' just kind of going back and uh, our, our our pick was finished yesterday at half past five. And the number of boxes we picked, we were saying, that would have taken to about half a state about three years ago. Wow. Uh, and that's what 20 guys working, picking now. Uh, and that's just the systems we, we, we brought in. We've a very good logistical team. We've got a good IT partner. And just challenge ourselves how we do things different. So we must have changed maybe 15 or 20 different things in the last two or three years in and our, that's in right, our some warehouse. Some of your
1: margin lives right there. Well,
0: ultimately what you're doing is getting your cost base down. Yeah. Because it's a very competitive uh, business. If anything, your, your margin is dropping, it's not increasing, it's holding its own or dropping but you're really forced to get a lot more efficient and there's there's always, so I'm looking at Brexit now as it's getting us to look harder again and we're already finding a lot of opportunity. Amazing, amazing. Mm -hmm.
1: If, if, you could cite one book, and I know you're you you are a sponge for the right information. If you could cite one book that that um, had an impact on you, what would it be?
0: Probably Good to Great, and it was, it was recommended by a friend of mine who who's actually a guy who's done a lot of training, developed with me over the years, a guy called Tony O'Connor. Uh, the book is Good to Great, and it it has resonated with me because you know you can be happy in your zone, you're good, but it but what, what I took from the book is that. The greatest threat, the greatest, actually, you being good and just being happy in your zone. So it's probably, you know, that's probably why uh, we keep challenging ourselves. And you know, most sports teams, like you, you could have a great season. Like you're starting fresh next year yeah. and you got to go back at it again. So, again, I, I would, um, I, I like sport. I, I watch a lot of sport and I, I see sport and business having lots in common.
1: You wouldn't again be the first person to say that. It's, yeah. it's a it's a common theme, and there's so much to learn from sport. In fact, Sammy Leslie um, sat there and talked about uh, what she learned from business through horse riding. Yeah. So it's it's all it's all the same. Maybe. And if
0: you look at sport now and say rugby and ga, the amount of measurement that they now have in place, and I, I think that's probably one of the biggest probably improvements we've done in the last two or three years is we're measuring a lot more stuff before you were measuring maybe sales and margin a bit more we're now measuring oh, service level uh, is the job done There's a whole pile of other measure, measurements in because you can be hitting your sales and margin and it could still be an awful lot wrong and so there's back, an awful lot you're of test and to that
1: awareness piece yes. that if you can measure it and surface it
0: yeah. you can you can improve it we're certainly measuring an awful lot more than what we were around tasks and I think that's the, it's it's making us more effective. Um, and like what we're trying to do is get an edge in our competitors. We're trying to provide a better service. We're trying to be more dependable than uh, than our competitors. Uh, and it's all these small little things. They ultimately give you the edge. And you might say what's the big one? They might even it could be ten or twelve small little things together that can have a huge impact. Incremental. Uh, improvement yeah. over time. Yeah, and it's continual and, and we find rather than do big massive thing that we draw the r- regular steady stuff. Amazing. Yeah,
1: so I, I mean, I asked you what book you read that, that mattered to you. It sounds like you have a book in you as well. What what would what book would you write because you've, you've been on um, a, a very strong journey of self-awareness?
0: Um, I, I'm a really big believer in trying to figure out the optimum way of running a medium business. I see our business as a medium business. And part of what I'm doing at the minute in our workshop series is probably trying to really get that down on paper.
1: With the in-house training. With the in-house
0: training. And that's probably a base. No, I'm not sure we'll ever into writing books, but uh, if I were, wa- if I was through something else, it'd be something down that road, or sort of write a book along that way. But uh, I'm passionate too about trying to encourage small and medium businesses. I do some bits and pieces there and give a bit of advice here and there. So it's um, it's something kind of. Uh, I think it's a, it's a pay it forward kind of thing, uh, isn't it? Probably yeah, and um, I, I can see. It was, I have, I feel up my bar a lot in the last number of years, and I can see where people are, and. By, by, by it, documenting it, a process, sorry, by documenting a process, I reckon I could document a process that would help an awful lot of companies- That would have a
1: universality.
0: Become more effective yeah. on how to run a medium business.
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a market for that, for sure. Yeah, I'm too busy to <laughs> <laughs>
1: But you've done it, you've written well, it. Well,
0: in a, in a sense, uh, we probably have a, a stage one documented, but uh, I see myself um, upgrading that over the next two or three years.
1: Amazing. Mm. And mm. a very different question in the same area is, you know, you now have um, a set of tools and processes that can help any medium business. If somebody was starting at the beginning, what advice would you give them?
0: Um, I would say, um, obviously you've got to be clear on what your whole strategy and planning your business idea. Uh, Outside of that, team, uh, get the right team in place and strive for what I call a high performance, positive team environment. Um, customer focus is absolutely critical. So
1: just let me go back to that one second. Sorry to cut across you, um, Jim, but ha- at the beginning, one of the challenges is that you don't know what the right team looks like. And, and more often than not, you can't afford them. So wh- what are the key attributes? How, how do you begin to start building a team
0: around you? Um, I suppose it's quite a while since I was building a team myself, but a lot, it's probably going back to attitude. It's an awful lot of it. Uh, no, you, you need to have an understanding of what you're at. But if, if someone's attitude is really right and, and they're aligned with you and they're prepared to come on the journey with you, because starting off in business can be a journey. And I think it's about having honest discussions and one, being clear yourself on what you want and what kind of business you want, what are the aims and, and, and ambitions of the business. And, and being very clear with people that here is what we want. Um, it's going to change along the way. But I think one of the biggest challenges people come across then, there could be somebody who was really good and important in the first four or five years. It and may they, have outgrown their need. They just might not be the right person going forward. And that's yeah. a very difficult place
1: yeah.
0: for a founder of a business. Yeah. Um, but end of the day, you do need to have the right team around you because it's a very unforgiving world out there. Customers are very unforgiving. Customers want what they want when they want it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, th- th- there are a lot of tough calls around the way. Like being a business is... Okay, there's a great element, but it's very tough as well. It's not for everybody. Sometimes that person who has to go is the founder. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. There yeah. was a third piece. So you are talking about planning, you were talking about... Cash flow
0: management. Cash flow. You really have to manage your cash flow. And um, some people don't have a, a proper understanding of cash flow. Um, so, like Some businesses have failed because they didn't manage your cash flow and they're making money and you still fail. So cash flow management and have people around you who understand cash flow management.
1: Can't say it any clearer than that, can you? Yeah. So you were chair of um, the EY uh, alumni for two years. Two years, yeah. Um, Did that give you a different prism on on the group? Because I I know um, you got a huge amount out of it, Um, but you also gave back a huge amount.
0: Um, To something I was looking forward to, because um, I I must admit that um, I wasn't a willing volunteer in, in, in getting involved day one. Um, in, in the programme at all? It, no, I didn't get it. And um, I remember a few colleagues of mine, one in particular, um, who, who, who knew some of the guys in the, US, the gym, you really got to do this. And I went with him against my better my better judgment. Uh, and if I hadn't gotten involved, it would have been the biggest mistake and would have been the biggest loss opportunity I would have ever made. So I got involved and if I get involved in something, I get full on. Uh, I, I don't get half in a my I'm not in. And um, I, I really enjoyed it from the start. Like We met some fantastic people. Uh, I know uh, Liam Griffin was mm. on. Uh, Liam mm. was on our, uh, in our year. Johnny Walker was probably. Mm-hmm. Johnny was in our year. There were some fantastic characters. And what I really liked was that the benefit out of these networks is if people can talk in confidence, you can really get good discussion going. And we as the group, there's 24 of us, we clicked... And uh, got under the hood. As the group. And the level of honest discussions we could have together. And if you can have those kind of discussions, sharing problems, sharing challenges, you can get incredible learning going. And some of those guys I would still call today just to bounce something off. They'd call me to bounce something off. Um, so that was a great start. And um, then other, then as other, as years went on, going on to CEO retreats, the you, you met a pile of people, like some great characters like Liam Casey, like there's some, Sean O'Sullivan, just incredible people in this alumni. Uh, and there's a, a huge willingness to help other alumni members. There's a huge willingness to give back in terms of colleges and schools and various other bits of, uh, of input. And I think it's the, it's the give back piece I like and you're, you're, you're just... You probably end up with like-minded people. Well,
1: that's what I was going to say. There's probably a sense of aligned
0: values amongst you and, all, and and they probably <laughs> we understand each other. The madness. Uh, like sometimes business people are looked as total nutcases, and mm. people don't understand them. So you're you're actually in a group of people who get each other. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably a comfortable place to be. It's a safe place to be. So I really enjoy it. So when. Um, I actually thought that Partridge Katie was the fourth chair I was the second chair and I was on that board so uh, it was something that when I was asked to take it on didn't hesitate with a heart and a half and and I really enjoyed it I uh, just for different reasons I, I had to cut my stay short at 2 years but peaches kimston came through who's doing a fantastic job who's not a great person yes. so um the the board is just it's great um you know, we were trying to get certain projects done. We we're trying to engage with government and different type topics. But I think we made a certain amount There's of progress. There's there yeah. We, we, we arranged um, a conference, which we call Spring Energizer, with some great speakers in. And was another meeting of the group and again, sharing of very good learnings and probably motivating each other and kind of sparking off each other. So it's, it's a really positive environment. And if anybody had the opportunity of getting involved, I'd strongly recommend it. Do it. it. Definitely.
1: Jim, we are coming uh, very, very close to the end of our time here. I have one final question which I, I love to ask everybody. Wrap up in a nugget for us why Barry Group is
0: successful. Um, first of all, we care. <laughs> um, I think that we've put together a very strong team of people. Um, uh, we've embraced a combination of the, the family values and professionally run company to a very high standard. It gives us an edge. Some of our competitors are large companies, and I believe that our human touch, um, our, our knowing of our customers and the care that our staff give to our customers, genuinely gives us a serious edge on our, our larger competitors by a long shot. And that's something that we, we continually work on. And while it is very good, it's something that we keep growing.
1: Jim, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Thanks for listening to Joe's Architects of Business made in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Thanks to everybody here at Maximum Studios and of course to my guest, Jim Barry. If you haven't already done so, please do subscribe to the show to get a brand new episode for free every fortnight. I'm your host, Sonia Lennon. Thanks for tuning in. The Architects of Business on Joe in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year telling the inspirational stories behind Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs.